sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today and Eric Young and I talking about grocery shopping. He is a fan of the Instacart, which I guess is one of these services that just brings uh, like the Peapod or whatever. And it's just like does the orders to your house. So you're doing this now, Eric? Is this is this what you're doing? You don't go to the grocery store. I know, you know, for you, it's tough. You're on the road a lot. I get that. But me, I'm like a big cooking person. I like to cook a lot. I like to pick out the ingredients. I want to touch all of the different fruits and vegetables and pick out the right one. I don't trust somebody else to bring the fruit and vegetables and things like that into my house. Maybe I'm a control freak, but you're good with this. So you just do the Instacart order and then everybody just brings the stuff to you. That's what happens. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, the reality is, is I like to cook, too, but I, I don't really get to eat how I want. And if I did, I'd be 400 pounds. So uh, I eat the same terrible crap every day. So, I mean, I trust someone to bring me 16 cartons of egg whites. So, yeah, it's easy for me. I don't have to carry them now. I don't even have to leave my house. I already don't wear regular pants anymore, but now I don't even have to leave my house. My wow. gym is here and someone brings me my groceries. I am in full hermit mode. This is the most interaction Eric gets with anybody like me this for two it. hours. And, and and honestly, I mean, all week, I probably the only person you talk to more this week is probably your wife. That's it. It's your wife and me. That's yes. it this week. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much yep. it. I'm sorry. I apologize. Today, she, today, today she's at work. So it's it's just you. you <laughs> Oh, and this is why you tune in. These are important things. And make sure you get your 16 cartons of egg whites and put your order in because, you know, with COVID and things are a little slower. Uh, but luckily in the sports world, things are still pretty quick. So let's look at some other headlines. What's going on? It looks like the Cubs are in full rebuild mode because they've moved on from you, Darvish, which makes sense. He's an asset. Now, I think they should have gotten more for you, Darvish, but that's a story for another time. And apparently they're shopping Chris Bryant and catcher Wilson Contreras as well. So keep an eye on that. There's certainly some teams that would definitely be into both of those. And I'm sorry, Cubs fans, you got your World Series, but it looks like you're in a complete teardown right now. Poor Anthony Rizzo. He's going to be hanging out all by himself in lonely Chicago. The Twins signed a right-hand, excuse me, relief pitcher Hansel Robles to a one-year deal. So uh, after a down season last year with the Angels, the Twins will see if they can uh, resurrect Robles and get Something out of him two years ago where he was a pretty good closer for the Angels. But that just goes to show you with relief pitching, it's hit or miss. Every year it's somebody different. Somebody comes out of nowhere, has a good year, and the next year they're terrible and vice versa. So good luck with that. Uh, Trevor Bauer's got a lot to say on Twitter. He's been trolling uh, John Heyman for what seems like days now about his contract status. We'll get to that in a second, but we'll, we'll run through the rest of these. Uh, linebacker Thomas Davis, one of the best, one of the best guys. Love Thomas Davis, played forever with Carolina. He's going to finish up his career with Washington, but this will be his final season. Uh, I believe it's 14 years in the NFL for him, a glorious career for Thomas Davis. A lot of people remember him and Luke Kiki Lee just, you know, wreaking havoc uh, on the defensive side of the football. And Dwayne Haskins clears waivers, which means he's officially a free agent. A little bit more on Haskins later on in the program, maybe in fantasy reality. We'll ask some questions about him. But let's talk about Trevor Bauer because – John Heyman, if you don't know, he's a MLB insider, much like our beloved Craig Mish. And his job is to 
break news and keep people updated with all the sources and what he gets about who's talking to who about how much money all this stuff and trevor bauer as you can see he's got some feelings about this so uh, as, as john Heyman tweets things trevor bauer says john thank god for you i'm learning so much about my free agency from your tweets keep them coming also uh agent Rachel, uh, agent uh, rachel luba who is trevor bauer's agent this is her uh, twitter tag and so tag her in case uh, next time you hear more about this stuff as we welcome in our radio audience here to Fantasy Sports today. So Trevor Bauer basically saying, oh, wow, so cool that like you're finding out all these things that I didn't even know about my contract status, which, look, this is entertaining. Trevor Bauer's having some fun here. At the same time, Eric, I kind of look at this and I feel bad because this is John Heyman's job. His job is to just report what he's being told. And maybe this is true. Maybe it's not. Maybe his agent isn't telling him everything or maybe – she is, and some of the stuff is made up, but I kind of feel in a way torn because I like the entertaining jerk kind of persona of Trevor Bauer, but at the same time, I feel bad for John Heyman because John Heyman's just doing his job. So where do you land on this with the athletes kind of interacting and calling out some of the uh, some of the media members for maybe saying things that may or may not be true about their status as free agents? I mean, if the athlete is convinced that it's not true and he calls him out, then he has every right to do that. I mean, look, I mean, t Twitter is a dirty, greasy place to, to spend any amount of time. Uh, you just got to kind of sift through it. I mean, this is how it's been for a long time. It keeps getting worse and worse. There's almost too much information at this point, like, and you just can't tell what's real and what's not. If I'm an athlete, I mean, I mean, I guess I kind of am. And someone was reporting yeah, something online about my wrestling career or my life, and it wasn't. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. You're absolutely an athlete. There is no better athletes in this planet than professional wrestlers. Okay. And they, there's no off season for them. So let me let me just go out and say that. Now, now you may continue. I want to make sure that you are considered an athlete and all of your brethren as well. Uh, we, we do very well, and and the truth is, is is this goes on in pro wrestling. Um, I, you know, if, if someone reports something that's just not true, then I call them out, uh, which is why I don't have a relationship with many of these dirt sheet writers or whatever. Uh, as far as anybody, if someone is claiming something to be true and it's not, then. 100% go after them and expose them for lying and, and dragging your name through the mud. But the truth is, I mean, we, we don't really know. I mean, we don't, we don't know how true any of it is. So it's, it's a tough position to be in. Uh, I used, I used social media as a tool, not as a place to have discussions. Yeah, that is good. Lots, lots of good stuff coming from here today. You know, social media for Twitter for, you know, not for discussions, just a tool to promote things, stuff like that. Pants optional here on the program. We've learned that as well. So a lot of important things. And when we get back, we're going to continue more important things as we continue to break down the tight end position. Stick around. More fans, of course, today right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Week 16. I digress. I still have all this rage. I don't know why. Hopefully this is a good place for me to vent all of these things here to you folks watching here and listening at home. But... Here we go. We're going to recap the tight end position and where people finished in the 2020 season. And of course, the top of the leaderboard was Travis Kelsey. And coming into the season, nobody had a bigger relative position value advantage. And what that means is RPV, it tells you how much better a player is than his peers. 
Christian McCaffrey's was off the charts last year, and the only guy who even came close to that was Travis Kelsey. So how much better is he than uh, the next tight end or the tight end number one on average? It's unbelievable the the difference between Travis Kelsey and everybody else. He is basically somewhere around like a 30-40% better than the average tight end one. So that's the kind of advantage you're walking into every single week having Travis Kelsey. And I'm going to continue to pound the pavement here for him because what you're going to find as we go on after Darren Waller is these point totals get really tight. There's basically no separation going on here, which is stunning. So when you look at this, you see Travis Kelsey at 312, huge number. Darren Waller had that 200-yard game. That bumped him up to 250. This is, again, PPR points we're talking about. Then after that, 169 for Hawkinson, who had a very solid season despite some injuries at quarterback and despite the Detroit Lions being the Detroit Lions. Robert Tunyon not really being a factor the first month of the season or so. He's gone up to 166. He's been very good. Mark Andrews, disappointing. 163, Logan Thomas, 163. Logan Thomas is a guy that we loved on this program. We loved. We drafted him late. We were talking about him as a guy to draft and stash as a tight end. We were talking about adding him in the first month of the season. Hopefully, if he did, you ended up with a, a tight end one, which is all you can ask for. But look at the difference here, and this is my argument once again, and I'm going to go into 2021 the same way, Eric, which is if you don't have Travis Kelsey, just wait. Let the market come to you. Yes, Darren Waller is a bit of an advantage shoe, but there is no advantage unless you have Kelsey, and it's a huge advantage. And, and you know, Craig on the show likes to talk about, well, what if he gets hurt? Well, you know what? You could say that about any first-round talent, but how many first-round talents are this much of a game-changer at the position? And the answer is nobody. Not this year. Except for Travis Kelsey. He's the separator. He's the guy that has been so much better compared to his peers. It's not even close. So once again, going into next year, I'm looking at the same thing. It's Travis Kelsey or bust. If I don't get Travis Kelsey, I will wait and try to find the next Logan Thomas, the next Robert Tanyan, because I think those guys are all going to be good again next year, but there might be one or two that might even pop. So let's talk about your strategy. I know we've touched on this on game day in the past, but when you're looking at where guys have finished, what does this leaderboard and the point totals tell you? I mean, for me, it tells exactly what we know. There's Travis Kelsey, then there's a big gap, then there's Darren Waller, there's an even bigger gap, and then there's everybody else. I mean, you could probably go down another 20 guys, and they're all right in that same point range within 20 to 40 points. So, I mean, for me, I mean, like you said, it's not a lazy analysis, but I think as fantasy people, we just, if, if you're following somebody that's using, like, unless he gets hurt as part of their analysis, you could say that about every single player. It's full contact, guys. I mean, every player mm-hmm. it, it has the ability to get hurt. So that that can't be part of the equation. The only thing that can be part of the equation is what can they do if they play every game. The reality is, is, is yes, Travis Kelsey could get hurt. Look at the top two running backs, Saquon Barkley and CMC this year. They barely played. They barely played. They were, that was the number one and number two in probably every single league. They didn't play. So, I mean, if we're using that analysis, are you not going to draft those guys in the top five next year? The answer to that is no. You're going to draft them because the the difference of, of skill set. Travis Kelsey is above and beyond how he's used in the offense. He's playing with maybe the best quarterback in the league that loves throwing the ball to him until he sh- shows that he's falling off or he's slowing down, I'm drafting him as the number one tight end. I think you can take him in the first round and feel really, really good about it. And like Joe said, the exact thing. If you don't get him, 
then you might as well just wait to the end, grab two guys, and pray. If you score a touchdown, <laughs> you're a tight end one. We've been saying it on Sunday. How many t- How many weeks, Joe? Every if, week. If you have 15 yards and a touchdown, you're in, you're in the top 12 as, for tight ends <laughs> that week. Think about that. It's not worth yeah. spending draft capital on these guys. No, and look, you can stream matchups. There's lots of ways you can approach it. Uh, this year, it was Logan Thomas, Jonu Smith, Blake Jarwin, those were the names. Uh, Blake Jarwin got hurt. Hayden Hurst has been underwhelming, but we took shots. And some of those guys ended up, look, Logan Thomas, very good. John Smith was very good. We'll talk about him a little bit later on, but unfortunately he got hurt. Uh, to me, the Robert Tunyon uh, emergence has been really interesting. He's given that Packers offense a bit of an edge that it lacked, a bit of physicality that it lacked, and I like that. I think it's kind of inspired some of the guys around it. Mark Andrews has been disappointing. I'll tell you what, I actually like Mark Andrews more next year if they can bring in a real wide receiver because I think that frees up Mark Andrews a little bit. A lot of people will say, oh, no, well, they brought a wide receiver. Forget Mark Andrews. No, 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 no. It is the exact opposite. Uh, Darren Waller is a terrific talent. And, you know, going back to Kelsey, too, he's the only guy in the last six seasons to have 1,000 yards receiving. Nobody's done that, which that tells you also he's not getting hurt. He's staying healthy every year. In fact, <laughs> he's a little bit more protected than some of the running backs. So I think he's actually a better investment than some of those other guys. And late first round, early second I'm going to be all in on Kelsey next year, 100%. Nice to see Hawkinson playing well, too. As we turn the page to the latter part of uh, tight end one, we've got number seven through 12 here as we go through them. And some surprising names here, I'm sure, for some. Uh, Mike Kosicki, a lot of people liked him. I was not one of them. But look, Mike Kosicki has indeed turned out to be a tight end one, but this was another guy who was going for free. You could have taken a shot at. Hunter Henry kind of quietly ended up as a tight end one although unspectacular. And once again, these are PPR numbers, so things change drastically at the tight end position when you go to standard leagues. Oh, my goodness, it's all about the touchdown there. Rob Gronkowski somehow in PPR ended up at tight end nine on the year at 145. Uh, This was stunning to me. I would never have thought he could crack this group. I thought in standard leagues he would because of touchdowns. But look, I think this is more of an indictment of tight end position as a whole than it is an endorsement of Rob Gronkowski and how good his season's been. He has been good. Certainly has been better of late in the second half than he was in the first half. But uh, Eric Ebron, a guy who's dropped far too many balls, he should have 160 points with all the drops and missed opportunities that guy's had. But he does crack the top 10. Jimmy Graham with a huge week 16 gets back in the tight end one status at 141. He's going to take on his old team, the Green Bay Packers there. Uh, this coming week. And then Noah Fant, who I was a big fan of coming into this year at 140. Noah Fant is where I want to start here with you. He is at the end. He is number 12. And this was a guy that I had very high expectations for, and it fell flat. If they can fix the quarterback position in this offseason, I think Noah Fant is a guy that can actually be a guy you draft at the end of tight end who could crack the top six next year. What do you think about Noah Fant and his opportunity to do that next season? Yeah, I like Noah Fan. I mean, and the truth is, is he's you know the only pass catching tight in, in town. He's going to be on the field. That's another thing that you have to take in consideration when when doing analysis for fantasy football is the tight end is becoming a smaller and smarter smaller part of the game. Most teams are are, are having three wide receivers on the field at all times, so that limits the personnel. Uh, very 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 seldom are there two tight ends on the field, and when they are probably 80% of the time that's going to be a running play. So there's just, there's less and less opportunity drafting anybody other than Travis Kelsey early. You're just asking for trouble. Even Darren Waller, you're asking for trouble. He's been so up and down, wait until the later rounds, draft two guys in a situation that you can see them, you know, catching five to, to 10 touchdowns, 
don't worry about yards. Don't worry about usage because none of that is going to matter. I mean, this is is glaring. Uh, but for me, Noah Fant fixing the quarterback position is just it's not hard to do. Drew Locke has looked lost. I mean, he is not the guy yeah. there. They're going to have to move on from him. Um, so it's not going to be hard to do. Anybody else at, of starting caliber out there makes Noah Fant a, a way better option here. He's a guy that I love. Had them in, on almost every best ball team that I had this year, uh, which I did okay in, which is surprising. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting landscape. But for us, for everybody, just wait. Wait, 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 and stream. Yeah. It's it's an easier way to do it unless you can get Travis Kelsey. Kelsey or bust. And look, I don't mind Waller at a good value too, if you can get him with a fifth round pick or something like that. And, yeah. and what makes it He's easier lies. going in, yeah, and what makes it easier this year going into 2021 is with the wide receiver position being so bountiful and so plentiful and so many great young players at the position, you can afford to catch up later at wide receiver. If you go Kelsey and two running backs back-to-back or Kelsey running back wide receiver, I think that's a heck of a way to start a team. I really do. I, I think you take whatever the value is on the board, and if you're drafting towards that late first round, I don't mind at 10-11 going and taking him before someone takes him at the turn on the way back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. About coming to consult with us at ProFootballDoc.com. Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Welcome back, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today. And as we uh, just kind of put a button on the tight end conversation there, uh, also some tight ends of note. You also had Austin Hooper, who was not on that list, who was a great tight end last year. A lot of people were fading him. That was the right call. And a tight end to consider next year, too, depending on what happens with the Bears and Jimmy Graham, is Cole Komet, because I think you saw some moments for him. And I tell you, he was really good at Notre Dame. He's a matchup disaster. I really like that guy. Keep an eye on him because rookie tight ends tend not to happen right away. Just take a look at some of the names out there, too. And there will be some free agents on that list, too, uh, going into next season. So I think the uh, the back end of tight end is certainly going to have some new names on it, I would say, uh, in 2021, not only heading into the season, but when 2021 finishes. Now, let's get into wide receiver here. And certainly, what an embarrassment of riches this position has been this season. And, of course, the guy at the top of that was Devontae Adams, who was our fantasy trivia question of the day. His topic, obviously, 16 touchdowns for him and 100 receptions. What does that equal? Well, it ends up equaling 341 points. Incredible number for Adams. The guy's just been unbelievable. Tyreek Hill right behind him at number two, certainly that 50-point day. Did indeed help, but Tyreek Hill and Mahomes are just perfect together. What an incredible match uh, they are, 328 for Tyreek Hill. Again, these are PPR points. Stefan Diggs at 314. That is somebody I didn't think anybody would say, even if Stefan Diggs had a great year, would he be top three wide receiver in fantasy? No way. But you know what? He did it. 314, him and Josh Allen have been absolute magic this season together. DeAndre Hopkins is a 280. So many people wrote off Hopkins this year. It was hilarious. What a what a what a joke right off DeAndre Hopkins. Do you not watch this guy play, bro? And yeah, I did just throw a bro at you. That's what I did because 
that made me so angry this year that people wanted to dismiss DeAndre Hopkins simply because he was moving on from Deshaun Watson. Well, Kyler Murray's pretty good too. Last time I checked in that Kingsbury offense, people should have been bidding even higher on him, but instead he came at a discount. If you took that discount, you did all right. Calvin Ridley and DK Metcalf round out the top, and these were the two guys in the Black Book this year. Again, go get your fantasy baseball Black Book so you can be ahead of the game there if you're playing fantasy baseball this year. But in the football Black Book last season, it was Mr. Godwin who had himself a year. This year there were two guys. Actually, last year were two guys too. It was DJ Moore and it was Chris Godwin. This year it was two names. It was Calvin Ridley and DK Metcalf. Those were the two dudes who were going to jump into the wide receiver one category. And guess what? They both did. Shocker? No. This is why you black book everybody. So let's talk about Stefan Diggs first, UI, because for me, Diggs is that story of the season in a lot of ways uh, a guy who was terrific in minnesota but at times the game log was inconsistent he'd have incredible stats when the year was done but he'd be a guy that would have a great game nothing for two weeks great game good game no show great game this year anything but this year he was one of only two guys him and robbie anderson had four catches in every single game this season he has shown up in ppr every single week and I got to tell you, I'm excited about him for 2021. I don't think he's going to be in this conversation for the number one overall wide receiver. But my goodness, I think he should be. I mean, I think that you could make an argument. I mean, nobody thought this was going to be a thing, even the most diehard Buffalo Bills fan. Um, the big thing for him was Allen's jump at quarterback. I mean, I don't. No one saw this coming. The accuracy, uh, the touch, the feel to his passing is light years ahead of what it was last year. And Stefan Diggs is reaping the benefits. There's no doubt that he is the number one there. Having John Brown there stretching the field and opening the field up is another thing. This is a big thing about the narrative, the situation, and, and how players fit into the new system. The, if you looked, you know, you squinted real hard, you could see Stefan Diggs becoming a very, very good fantasy wide receiver. No one thought this was coming, but going forward, this is the reality. He is the number one on a Buffalo Bills offense that is not afraid to throw the ball downfield, uh, has not abandoned the running game, but is not, you know, not what we thought it was going to be. They still run the ball enough to keep you honest. And Stefan Diggs is He's been a beast, man. I mean, if you've watched any Buffalo Bills games this year, he just flies off the screen. Love this. Love the Buffalo Bills. Stephon Diggs has really planted a flag as a top wide receiver in the NFL this year. Yeah, and, and look, going into next year with Josh Allen, I mean, this is year one of them together. I mean, year ones right. are usually not this good. Usually it takes some time for guys to figure things out, and especially no preseason, no OTAs to get all this stuff that they missed. This is an unbelievable story. And we talked about it yesterday, being a, a guy that could, you know, the biggest, I would say, most important move of the offseason in the NFL was the Stefan Diggs edition. It's really helped Josh Allen. It's it's helped the Buffalo Bills. It's really moved the needle here. Now, in terms of fantasy, Adams has been off the chart. Adams is always in that number one overall conversation. It's great to see Hopkins in that conversation as well as he should be uh, annually because he is just that damn good. And then DeAndre Hopkins, this is one of the biggest follies. And we talked about this on my podcast for weeks this past summer on the Black Book Pod about how people are just giving you way too much of a discount on Hopkins. Hopkins should be in that same grouping as consideration or as Adams, as Julio. Like, don't don't discount him. He is still right there. 
And in the black book, we had him right there, I think, as number three or four overall. And guess what? He finished at four. Some people dropped him all the way down to like six or seven. It was nuts. It was crazy. And that's why relative position value is important as opposed to just straight rankings and projections. You know, straight rankings and projections are someone's opinion. Relative position value is about fact. What's a guy done in his career? What did he do last season? What are the projections? But take them all together. And in terms of Calvin Ridley and DK Metcalf, look, going forward into next season, some questions there with the Falcons, how things might change. I have no question about Calvin Ridley as a wide receiver one, nor with DK Metcalf, despite the fact that DK's kind of slowed down a little bit here. So I'll put it to you. If you can only have one of them next year, DK or Calvin Ridley, who would be the guy if they're both on the board that you would take? I think it's DK Metcalf just because, I mean, he's unguardable. I mean, I mean that that's how I look sure. at him. It, it, the, the the speed, the size, the catch radius. If Russell Wilson plays half as good as he was at the start of the year for the whole year, uh, DK Metcalf it could possibly be the number one wide receiver on on any year. So that's that's my pick. Uh, Ridley is actually a massive surprise to me. I was very wrong on him. Um, I don't think he. I didn't believe he had the skill set to be a number one, but he's he's proven me wrong for sure, um, and and showing that he has the skill set to do it. It's just, uh, do you trust Matt Ryan enough? Uh, for him to do this again next year. I mean, he's kind of always produced a really good wide receiver one for Julio Jones for years. And now it looks like Calvin Ridley has taken that spot. So I'm picking DK over him, but it's not by a whole lot. All right. Uh, let's move on uh, to Allen Robinson at number seven. And there's some great arguments there for DK. I agree with you. Uh, Allen Robinson, always steady every single time. It's unbelievable. The guy just continues to show up and be excellent. He is number seven overall. Justin Jefferson, uh, ironically, the Stefan Diggs replacement showed up as number eight. Uh, Adam Thielen's on this list too. So yet again, Diggs and Thielen, Diggs and Jefferson, there's enough for two wide receivers in this offense. And Justin Jefferson was one of those great values. I talked about going into the season because he wasn't being drafted where Lamb, where uh, Jerry Judy was, where Henry Ruggs was, to be honest, or Jalen Regor. This was a guy that was way back in terms of ADP, and Justin Jefferson has well outperformed that. He's going to finish as a wide receiver one. Probably won't win Rookie of the Year, but he should be close. Keenan Allen has had a great renaissance here. Now it sucks that he's had some injuries here at the end, which has been the bugaboo for Keenan Allen at times, where those injuries creep up and you see how good he can be. But Herbert's been great with Allen. You hope for good health next year. But if you're going to take Keenan Allen, you always have to be aware of injury potentially. Adam Thielen, another great season for him. 244 in PPR points. I would just warn everybody a little bit. This is another year older for Adam Thielen and Dynasty and Keeper Leagues. This is a great time to be dealing him and moving on, especially because you have so many great rookie wide receivers, second-year wide receivers. This is a great opportunity to kind of sell high with Adam Thielen. I love the player, but you have to keep it real a little bit, and I'm the king of keeping it real. The next few years of Adam Thielen probably can't be as good as the last few. It's just the nature of football, nature of the game. Mike Evans somehow found his way with all those touchdowns, the number 11 overall, even in PPR, and then Robert Woods at 237, one of those guys we talk about as being underrated. I don't think Mike Evans is on this list next year. I just don't. He would be my guy to take off of it. Uh, I think Justin Jefferson will be there. I think Allen Robinson will. I think Robert Woods will be right around there. You see no Julio Jones because the missed time. Is that a trend too? Do you think Julio will be a bounce back guy with a new team? Or do you think this is another circumstance like Thielen where you've had the great run and now it's the downside of the career? Where are you at with Julio Jones and some of the guys that may or may not be on this top 12? 
With Julio Jones, I mean, like you said, it's the nature of the game. I feel like age and injury has caught up with him. He just, he just, the last couple of years hasn't been able to be on the field. If it's not his foot, it's his hamstring. If it's not his hamstring, it's his hip. I mean, if injuries are piling up, age is catching up to him, and, and I'm going to probably avoid him next year. I think you're wrong on the Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans mm-hmm. being on this is is a telltale sign of the wide receiver. Is he's been banged up and hurt almost the entire season. I mean, there was definitely games out there where he was meant to be a decoy with just running, you know, basically, you know, 10, 10 yard stop stop routes and he's still getting the ball so i think a healthy mike evans can can exceed even what he's done this year he's been banged up for most of the year i think a a big glaring thing from this list is kirk cousins is not getting any respect i mean he's got two top 12 wide receivers on his team no one thought the minnesota vikings were going to throw the ball enough for these guys to be even in the top 12 and there's two wide receivers that are in the top 12 so it's it's a very interesting place to be uh for kirk cousins for the minnesota vikings and it's obvious that what we think is going to be the reality sometimes is just not the thing so i mean going into the season we thought like this is going to be a running team zimmerman said as the coach they're going to Give the ball to to Delvin Cook. This is his team. He's going to run the ball a ton, which they did do. But obviously, if you have two wide receivers, two, not one, but two wide receivers in the top 12, they're throwing the ball enough, and Kirk Cousins is not getting the respect that he deserves. Most of these years, we've had good Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, let me tell you, uh, quarterback 13, Dalvin Cook, RB2. These two guys, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, right in there as well. Pretty good offense last time I checked. We'll be right back with more fantasy sports today, right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're watching SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Welcome back, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today, Joe Pizapia, and uh, continuing to wrap up a little of that conversation with wide receiver because there's so much to talk about here because Eric has so many provocative things. Everything they said about Mike Evans and the injuries and battling through, that's exactly why I don't want Mike Evans last year because Chris Godwin also wasn't healthy, and I think Chris Godwin, I will continue to say, is the man for Tom Brady. He runs the kind of routes Tom Brady likes, and all of the Mike Evans points, a good chunk of them, almost half, come from touchdown. Those touchdowns regress at all. That's a guy outside of that 12. So keep an eye on that. There's a name, too, for me that's going to go into that top 12 next year with a healthy Dak Prescott. That name is C.D. Lamb. I have been all into the C.D. Lamb going into this year at all the shares. Him and Deontay Johnson, that was my wide receiver cores this year. Unfortunately, some bad timing with the quarterback issues and some other issues. It didn't all work out, but did make a few playoffs with those guys. But me, Steedy Lamb is that name that I think is going to vault into that group. So if this year it was Calvin Ridley and DK, next year, CD Lamb. I haven't landed on the second guy, but maybe you've got one. Who is one of the wide receivers you've seen work this year? Is it a is it a T. Higgins? Is it uh, perhaps some other rookie wide receiver or maybe a bounce back guy for you, Eric, that you think is going to make it into 2021's top 12 wideouts? 
Yeah, and I know this is going to sound like a homer pick, but A.J. Brown is a guy that ah, a good one. with a shortened – a shortened season, uh, you know, barely no off season, an injury to start the year, COVID protocols and whatnot. I mean, Tannehill's proven he is a, a very good quarterback. And with you having to respect Derrick Henry, that leaves A.J. Brown open in his skill set. Uh, you know, he, he he's good with the deep ball. He's good with, with yards after catch. This guy does it all, you know, good, you know, good size. Great catch radius, good hands. Uh, for me, next year, A.J. Brown will probably be underdrafted, and I will be reaping the benefits. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good way. A.J. Brown doesn't get enough credit, and everyone keeps knocking him for the same reason. Well, he doesn't get a lot of volume, but he's super efficient. And, like, that's a negative? Yep. I, I mean, uh, yeah, super efficient, good. I'm all about super efficient. I like to think I'm super efficient. You know, you're juggling the kids, you're juggling all these jobs, all these shows, all these books. Efficiency is a good thing. When do we stop, you know, pretending like it's a negative? I hate that. And you're right. AJ Brown is a matchup disaster. Nobody, nobody has an answer for him. And that Titans, that Titans offense, man, let me tell you, fantasy gold. And tomorrow on the show, we talk about our FanDuel picks. We're going to have a lot of Titans conversation because we're going to be looking at teams that are playing for something with good matchups to boot. I don't know what J.J. Watt can stir up what's left in that Houston defense. My guess is not much, but we shall see because uh, I got to tell you, spoiler alert, a Tennessee team looks pretty good as a stack going into this final week 17. But we're not there yet. We're uh, still a day away, so make sure you check in with us on Fantasy Sports Today from 12 to 2 Eastern every day. But let's do a little fantasy reality right now, and let's start with Dwayne Haskins, who cleared waivers, which is great, which means he's a free agent. Kid's got a big arm. But certainly a lot of immaturity still and a lot of things to iron out. Certainly he's not made a good impression on any future employers. And that's where the question comes from or the statement, as it were. So here's the statement, Eric. Fantasy or reality, Dwayne Haskins will get a second chance in the NFL. And I can understand a lot of teams that might not want to. But life is about second chances. And certainly when you have talent, you get sometimes three or four or five chances. We all know in the NFL. So, fantasy reality, Dwayne Haskins gets his. I, th- I think that it, that's fantasy. I think, you know, I mean, uh, an athlete of this caliber at the quarterback position will get another chance somewhere. He's young. Yes, he's immature. If you believe he's the only NFL player going to a strip club without a mask, you're insane. Uh, <laughs> the, the, these players have been babied their whole life, have been the more, most important person in any circle that they walk into, and, and they believe that they're invincible and above the law. And that's just, uh, it comes with the territory. It, it, a lot of the times, it's not even their fault is just how society has treated them their whole life mm-hmm. um guys with criminal records have been welcomed back into the nfl people that have broken uh the, the drug policy you know 10 20 30 times have been welcomed back into the nfl Dwayne haskins didn't break any laws didn't do anything really that wrong except for some, a little bit of immaturity and bad leadership he will play for in the nfl again will he be a starting quarterback I don't know. I mean, I, I I wouldn't want him as my starting quarterback, but he will get another shot because athletes like that don't grow on trees. I'll agree. He does. It's reality. He will get another shot somewhere, whether he's on a roster next year. That depends on how he comes into camp. And he's got to realize, and you're right, the culture has set this up. The culture of, you know, peewee football and Pop Warner football and the culture of you're a star in high school, you're a star in college. And, you know, they don't understand adversity sometimes, some of these kids, or understand that maturity or not everything's going to be handed to you. And look, I remember last year when he was drafted, he thought everybody made a big mistake, but maybe they didn't. Maybe there's some things in those interviews or some maturity issues that 
or the reason why he fell where he did in the draft. And I think in retrospect, that tells you. And when a new regime comes in and you're not their guy, you do take it personally. But instead of taking it personally and putting his nose to the grindstone and saying, hey, I could be the guy somewhere else and I'm going to be the good citizen, he took it the other way, which as a 22-year-old kid, I'm sure a lot of 22-year-old kids would take it the wrong way because that's what being 22 is all about. But this is your money now, Dwayne. If you get a second chance, don't screw it up. All right, next, fantasy or reality. We're going to talk a little bit about Frank Gore, who it could be, you know, he's not playing week 17, but you might have seen the last of Frank Gore. And, you know, Frank Gore has had an incredible career, probably headed to the Hall of Fame, but I'm going to ask a question or make a statement here and see if it's provocative. Frank Gore was a great running back. Now, I know he's been very good, and I'm choosing my words carefully here. Has he been great? Because I think when we look back in the last 15 plus years that Frank Gore has played. I don't know if we've ever said Frank Gore is the best back in the league. Now I'm going to say he was very good, but great is where I struggle. And I like to put guys in the hall of fame that are great. I'd rather have the guy who played five years and was great than the guy who played 15 years and was good and, you know, accumulated stats. Kind of like the Craig Biggio. I think Craig Biggio is a fantastic ball player. I don't have a problem. He's in the hall of fame, but he's not the dominant player that some other guys at that position were. Now, Frank Gore at running back, it's unbelievable what this guy's been able to do in his career. I mean, just the tell of where uh, we're looking at running backs and just two to three year windows and we're saying, oh boy, it's a fourth year, fifth year. This guy's in year 17, EY. It's stunning. But in your mind, is he a great running back at any point in time in his career? I think there's definitely been years, you know, whether it was San Francisco or, or Buffalo. I mean, there was a point where he was great. Like, I mean, the reality is at his age, the fact that he's still playing the running back position is absolutely miraculous. The big knock on this guy coming in is he's, you know, he's got a, a very serious knee injury and then had another knee injury. He's got two bad knees. You know, even if he is good for a year or two, he won't play past four or five years. Well, here we are, year 17, and he's still playing and 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 a starting running back on an nfl team it's it's absolutely incredible um i think he goes in the hall of fame uh there's something to be said about toughness about grit about availability and frank gore is the master of availability he's been uh i can you remember a, a player in the last 20 years that played 17 years at the running back position and has been talked about at all I don't think has existed ever in the NFL. Uh, and and we're we're witnessing history. This guy is still playing at a high level. And if he comes back next year, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Emmett, Emmett Smith is close. Uh, that's the only other guy, you know, at the tail end. But look, in terms of where they rank, Emmett Smith is first. Obviously, everybody knows 18,355 yards. Then Walter Payton, 16,726. Uh, 16, then Frank Gore at an even 16,000. Then you got Barry Sanders, Adrian Peterson, Curtis Martin, who I think is one of the great underrated running backs. And just looking at these guys in the top five or six, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson, dominant player. Uh, Curtis Martin, right there, but I think closer to where Frank Gore maybe. Adrian Peterson dominating, Barry Sanders dominating, Walter Payton, Emmitt Smith. I don't, I don't think that he's ever been a dominating player, but I do agree with you. I think there's been some great moments for Frank Gore, and he should get all the respect in the world for being as good as he has for as long as he has in the NFL, which is just, it's basically unbelievable. All right, last question here, and a very important one, the one that I think everybody has been really wondering about, and I think Eric and I are the perfect guys to answer this question once and for all, being men of <clears throat> maybe a, the shaved head persuasion. Fantasy or reality, Eric Young, bald is beautiful. 
Uh, I mean, do you need any more proof than the fact that The Rock is bald, the highest paid actor in the world, the most the most famous person in the world, and if he ran for president, he would probably win. Bald is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, look at us. If we're not the answer for this question, I don't know what is. And and people might say that we're biased, but we're not. We're just living our truth, as people like to say. And of course, it's a reality. Bald is absolutely beautiful. Uh, who are some of your bald icons? Do you have any? Like, I always like Jason Statham. He's a cool bald guy. Bruce Willis, I thought, yeah. was a cool bald guy. I don't, I don't like when there's a guy who is bald and then all of a sudden starts to get hair again. Like, when Jeremy Piven all of a sudden started getting hair. I was like, what's going on with this guy? This guy never had hair. He was balding. Now, all of a sudden, he's got a full head of hair and entourage. You're out of the club. You're gone, buddy. You're out. So you have any bald yeah, icons took- or bald guys you look up to? We took Jeremy Piven's card away. I would still okay. hang out with Jeremy Piven and smoke cigars with him because he seems awesome. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Bruce Willis is, is you know, he's the, he's the GOAT. I mean, he was making bald cool before bald was cool that's for sure mm-hmm. i mean obviously jason statham the rock is is obviously the the mvp at the current time and i feel like me and you are you know do, doing a pretty good job of saying look at bald is beautiful and you don't need hair to be right no oh, that's right i it's also i think it's a strong thing you know you think michael jordan i was another guy too michael jordan was one of the early guys to shave I, his head too I, I think it tells you all you need to know about the personality which is we're not going to let life dictate to us. We're going to dictate what goes on. You, you're going to leave? No, no, no. I'm leaving. I'm leaving you. Now, I, I've been bald since, let's see, 2005 is when I started shaving my head. So that's been a, a nice 15-year run for me. I don't think it's been as long for you because I've seen video of you wrestling no. over the years and I'll watch you. So you're a little newer to the club, but you're, you're a brother nonetheless. So when did you finally uh, take to the razor, my friend? Yeah, it, it was definitely this year. Uh First, uh, mm-hmm. my hair went, I, I, I started losing the battle. And like you said, like, uh, you're not going to win. I'm going to win by shaving you off before you're gone completely. And I have no choice. So th- th- I won the battle with the hair and then the beard, there's just too many gray hairs. It's gone to people say, you know, mm-hmm. grow your hair back, grow your beard back, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's got a beard. Now I grew a beard in 2009. People were scared of me at the grocery right. store. You're They're right. Not you're right. It's all a hipster thing. Everyone's got a beard. And for those who don't remember, go Google it. UI had a beard down to here. I mean, it was massive too. I don't know how you ate with massive. that thing. I mean, it's it's crazy. I, I I get the same thing. I got the gray in the beard. Two kids. That's what it does to you, you know. And uh, I used to have the nice dark break. Now and now now it's that's why it's so short all the time. And you know the nice thing about us is, and I've said this now. I haven't changed since two thousand five. I look exactly the same. People look at pictures of me. And they'll say, well, you haven't aged a day. And what's fun is now you see them, it's like social media and stuff. You see people starting to post pictures of themselves as they get into their 40s. And I'm like, huh, well, that person looks pretty old. They're kind of aging. Me? I'm like Benjamin Button. It doesn't change. I, I, I actually, in a lot of ways, look younger than I did 10 years ago. And I think that's a beautiful thing. For us bald guys, we might look older first. But in the end, we win. We win the war, even though we lose the battle. So if you're out there and it's a new year, 2021, and you're one of those people who's looking at the plugs or the things of this, no, 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 don't do that. Now, the one caveat is if you have a weird misshaped head, then then you're allowed. Then you can go invest in hats. Because I had a friend of mine who shaved his head for a roll, and I came in to see him one day in the, in the living room, and I saw him, and I went, oh, my God, and his head came to a literal point right here. I was like, dude, as soon as this show's over, you need to grow that stuff back because that is not a good look. Or if you have that weird roll, Eric and I are lucky. You know, see what God kind of takes away. He gives you back sometimes. But uh, tell you, misshaped head, then you're allowed. Otherwise, go for it. 
2021, you dictate what's going on. So stick around. So got a little bit more fantasy sports today as we close things up here on this holiday week. We're going to do a little Sports Grid 60. So stick around with us right here. Don't go anywhere. More Eric Young, more Joe Pizzapia right here on The Grid. We love The Grid. You do too. Come on. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, because bald is beautiful here on the network. Eric Young, Joe Pizzapia. I'm glad we finally put that one to bed. That was important to discuss. And uh, once again, we'll be back. Before you know it, 12 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, Eric Young, Joe Pizzapia, getting you set up on FanDuel for Week 17, getting you set up with everything you need to know in terms of news and notes and all the other things in between. Plus, we'll do a little bit more hockey with EY because we got him here. We'll do some futures on some teams and some Stanley Cup perhaps as well. But before we bid you adieu here on Sports Grid on Fantasy Sports today, it's time for the Sports Grid 60. EY, take it away, my friend. Yeah, my sport, uh, my 60 right now is going to be about fantasy hockey. Look, if you're watching the show, you're uh, a fantasy crazy person, like a me and Joe. You're you're a fantasy psycho, and welcome to the family. If you're following along with gr- the Sports Grid, you know that Sports Grid brings you the best fantasy information that there is. And my 60 is to tell you the information you need to know is fantasy hockey. NHL fantasy hockey is the best fantasy sport there is it's not too long but longer than football it's every day the grind learning the players learning the stats coming back setting your lineups it is the funnest fantasy sport it doesn't get the respect get on board play nhl send me a message on on twitter or an instagram if you want to play in a league i can sort you out maybe we can start a league ourselves let's do this sports grid let's get hockey booming oh canada our home and native land. That's great stuff, man. I, I'm fired up, man. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. All right. Mine is week 17. Look who's out already. Players who are not playing for anything. No Ben Roethlisberger, which means no Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Dalvin Cook's like, hey, you know what? I got somewhere else to be. I got something going on. Cooper Cup's on COVID. Not, not to mention the COVID season on top of all the normal things that happened week 17. But just look at all the teams that have nothing to play for. No Patrick Mahomes. No Chiefs offense. You can't let fantasy championships be decided by the best players in football not playing. And yet every year, there's still leagues that wrap up around week 17. Please stop doing this to yourselves. All right, that'll do it for me and Eric. It's been a really fun few days. we got one more before we get to the holidays. So stick around with us tomorrow. We'll be back breaking things down for you, giving you all the fantasy that you need. And we know you need a lot. So that'll do it for Eric Young. I'm Joe Pizzapia. There's nothing left to do now except remind you the story of the game goes on, and we'll see you next time, kids.